I love this this uh, this series that we're starting. It's called that 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 goes along with our 21 days of prayer. It's called Pray First. Pray first. Somebody say pray, pray. first. Pray first. By the time we're done, that will be. Listen, I woke up last night or this morning about four in the morning, and the first thing that was on my mind was pray first. Every time I'm turning around, I'm saying pray first. Amen. Pray first. I I believe in the series and the time of focus will bring just a great clarity. Uh, listen, how many of you realize there is just a lot of confusion out there? A lot of confusion. A lot of different reports. You know, a lot of different, hey, this is, you know, and, and I believe that God wants us to walk into this new year with a, with a clarity and a freshness. And I'm believing um, that this is important because uh, at the heart of God, at the heart of relationship is prayer with God. So speaking with, uh, about prayer, I, we, were, uh, we were doing, I think, Christmas or Thanksgiving or something. We had, our, we had some of our kids and grandkids over, and I asked one of my, 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 my young and grandkids, grand, grandson, say, hey, how would you like to say prayer? And he matter-of-factly just says, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And it reminded me that when you ask kids to pray, there's a risk. Because they don't have the kind of filter that we do, right? I mean, there's a risk. So I, I actually was kind of, I'd written some things down, found something, a couple examples for you that I think is really good, okay? So here is Debbie. She is seven years old, and she said, Dear God, please send a new baby for mommy. The new baby you sent last week cries too much. <laughs> Here's Jimmy Six. Dear God, uh, who did you make smarter, boys or girls? My sister and I want to know. Norma, eight, says, Dear God, how many angels are there in heaven? I would like to be the first kid in my class to know the answer. Or, or uh, Angela, eight, says, Dear God, this is my prayer. Could you please give my brother some brains? So far, he doesn't have any. I mean, that's kids, right? That's kids. That's prayer. But there's this saying that, that we're all familiar with that's fundamentally wrong. Okay, I just want to say this. It's you hear it all the time. And, and, and the statement is that if all else fails, pray. That's wrong. I'm just telling you straight up. Now, I agree with the statement that says prayer succeeds when all else fails. But honestly, too many times we pray like it's a Hail Mary. We pray like, oh man, I've done everything I could. And I'm just, this go long and hopefully the big guy upstairs will bail me out. That's how, we, that's how we approach it. Now, I agree with the statement that prayer succeeds when all else fails. But so many times, our first lean, instead of prayer being our first, our first move, our first move, our first lean, it's our last. And we want to shift some things. We want to shift some things in this, in this series that I think will really, really be important. Now, there's times when you can say, you could say, you have said, all I can do now is pray. And that's okay. But if we're honest, our first lean into anything is to try and accomplish it in our own strength, our own resource. And then when that fails, we pray. Prayer should be the first and not the last. It should be the first, should be the middle, and should be the end as well. Amen. That's why we're starting out this year uh, with this series, Pray First. Now, can you imagine what would change if we pray first? Just, just think about this. What would change if we pray first before the conversation at work 
or we walk into our home after a hard day, we pray first. What would happen is if before we hit that send on that text message, that email, that social media post, we prayed first. Come on. I'm just going to be straight up with you. As believers, man, we need to be praying first. Because I, and I don't know about you, but there's been times when I've, like, I've wanted to respond. You know, I see something and I get triggered. How many of you get triggered? Trigger? Right? I see something, and I'll be honest with you, there's times when I'm like, I just dated myself. All of you young people don't understand what I just did. But old school, right? And then I'm gone, and I'm like, ah, oh, I need to pray first. Okay, Lord, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that because I'm, I'm going to pray first. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me. Amen. Or how about before we walk into that job site or encounter that boss or employee that's got on the last nerve that we have? We're going to pray first. Or you walk into that campus, into that dorm, into that class, into that store, and before you react, you go, I'm going to pray first. Or before we make that impulsive purchase, or we respond quickly to an unkind word or re- rumor, I'm going to pray first. It should be the hat that we put on. It should be the swag that we wear. It should be the something. Listen, I just gave our creative department just a whole new thing. Pray first, right? Because that's really what we need to do. That's actually what Jesus did. Before He started His ministry, what did He do? He prayed first. He went and he sought the Father. See, neuroscience has come to the conclusion that prayer rewires your brain. You recognize that? It actually rewires your brain. Prayer will change you. Some of us need rewiring. And there's probably some people around you that need rewiring. I needed rewiring. I needed a redo. I needed a restore. I needed my mind transformed. I was too conformed to the world and I needed my mind transformed. Amen? And that comes with prayer and the Word. So I want to talk to you this morning about some things that prayer first is about. First of all, it's about relationship and it's about communication with God. Sometimes we make prayer this, oh, only really spiritual people do that. And it can intimidate us. Or we let somebody else do it on our behalf. But prayer simply is communication. I want to break this down. When I think of prayer, I think of communication with God. Talking with God, listening to God. In Genesis 1.26, it says, let us make man in our image. Okay? So we're going to go clear back to Genesis and we'll finish in Revelation. Just kidding. There's like two of you really diehards that's like, pack your lunch, bro, because we're going to be here. Amen? But if you go back into Genesis, not only was the Spirit of God moving, but God was speaking. In verse 3, Genesis 1-3 says, Then God said, let there be light. He was speaking. Okay, And then we see that then, then there was light. And then God called the light day and He called the darkness night. God was moving. God was speaking. And in that calling... God was speaking and identifying things. So in the Genesis picture, if you were like transported back there, you would have heard the sound that God was making. It said that Adam heard the sound that God was making in the garden. So there was something that was breaking the sound barrier. It wasn't just like a spiritual thought 
You know, it, it was like God was actually breaking the sound barrier back in Genesis. And then you would have heard the sound that God was making, speaking, calling, communicating. And we see that God made man in His image and gave man a mandate to fill the earth, to rule over the fish of the sea, birds of the sky, every living thing. And so God was moving and God was speaking and God was calling. The sound was full of God, right? And then we see Adam in Genesis 2.19. And it says, out of the ground... The Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam. So now I want you to see the partnership that was beginning to happen. God's created, and now He brings, and I just, I love the creativity that Adam would have had to have. Just like, I mean, how do you identify? He's identifying species and subspecies and birds and animals and like I think we'll call that a, a kangaroo and we'll call that a, a cow and we'll call that a, a buck you know whatever and I'm like man it would have been awesome just to watch this partnership you know and, and and I'm thinking too about because I like to kind of look between the lines I think about God bringing Hama have you ever seen some really strange creatures I mean, really strange looking animals. And I could just imagine God bringing something and going, ha ha ha. Hey, what do you think about this one right here? <laughs> what, what, what would you call that one right there? You know, that's going to be a hard one. Okay, so we see that now that, that, that whatever Adam called each living creature, that was, that's, that was his name. So we see Adam is moving now, speaking and calling as part of the divine purpose of mankind created after God's image. So this overview is that God has an incredible plan. He's created man to rule and reign to a partnership, to a fellowship, a relationship, and to communicate. And then comes an enemy. We see in Genesis 3.1, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said? Somebody said said, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So the first thing that the enemy messes with is communication. He's going right after the communication. Adam and Eve fell, and they hid from the sound of God, and they lost their voice in communication. The voice of calling, speaking, directing. Sin affected it. Because we see that Adam actually, now he heard the sound of God moving in the garden and he hid. See, the enemy would love you to hide. Would love you to hide because of the stuff that you did. Would love you to hide because of your insecurity. Would love you to hide because you're not worthy. Would love you to hide because somebody's more spiritual than you are. Listen, that's not God. God's created you to communicate with Him. So think about this. Think of Jesus after speaking to the wind and the waves in the storm. And, and, and then, then he asked the disciples, he said, where was your faith? Why didn't you speak? And so the thought that I had was, could it be that in the garden, Adam lost his voice that not only named creation, but actually directed creation? There's something here that we've got that's profound if we'll grasp it. There was a relationship that was based on communication. And so I want to identify this morning communication as the core part of prayer. We were created to walk in relationship with God. And the essential aspect 
of that relationship is communication with God. uh, Speaking, hearing, hearing, speaking, dialogue. There's this dialogue back and forth. There's no relationship that prospers without communication. If you think about it, think about the relationships that you have that are close and and, and there's communication. And then think about the ones that are strained and you realize there's not good communication or there's not healthy communication. For crying out loud, even your dog needs you to communicate with it, right? So, so when we when we look at this, I, I mean, think about communication for for you know in another aspect. You go into a foreign country, and what is one of the biggest challenges that you have? It's the language. It's communication. A different language, different signage. I remember a number of years ago. Uh, we've, we've been to Ireland a couple times, and they don't drive on the right side of the road, y'all. Now, they say they drive on the correct side of the road. But you've got to have some signage. You've got to figure out, okay, what are we doing here? Because it's different. Communication is an imperative. And here's the thing. Think about this, just on this level. Where people don't know stuff, they make stuff up. Have you ever thought about that? Like where there is not communication and clear communication, you start filling in the blanks. Ah, man, we're terrible about that. So man was originally created to walk with God, talk with God, get direction from God, and there's been a struggle ever since. Finding our voice in prayer with God finds our comfort and our direction. So the first of all I want to talk about this morning, pray first. When you pray first, expect resistance. There's going to be resistance. In the Old Testament, there was a a man named Daniel. He'd been given a revelation, given a dream, and he'd been praying to understand what it meant. Yet the answer to that prayer had eluded him. It had been like three weeks and he hadn't heard anything. Well, then we pick up the story in Daniel 10, uh, 10, verse 12. And it says, then he said to me, This is the angel, actually, of the Lord coming to him. Fear not, Daniel, for from that first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I've come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia, and I came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for the days to come. Listen, especially when it comes to vision, man, the enemy doesn't, he wants you clueless. When it comes to what God has planned for you, he'll do anything to distract you, to divert you, to dilute, to to mask the sound. You ever been in a, like a, a, a big room where there's like the acoustics are terrible and, and, and you're having a hard time like hearing people, and you got to lean in. Have you ever had that happen? I have that happen to me more than I would like to admit. Because I'm just a little bit older than some of you in the room. Right? But see, here, here's the thing. Sometimes I think that, that God, how many of you heard that God whispers? You know what, you know what happens when, when somebody whispers? Like when my wife whispers to me, I have to lean in. Right? I think sometimes God wants to whisper to us so that we will lean in. And that's part of prayer. That's part of what we're talking about. And so 
what we find is here's Daniel's got a revelation, and yet it illustrates that there's been a principality, there's been a spiritual strategy to keep him from knowing the revelation for 21 days. We're going to pray for 21 days. Amen? So the devil wants to make you feel unworthy, insecure, and there's a spiritual resistance to you and I praying. Do you, listen, do you have people in your life that are hard to talk to? Right? You think God wants that? No? I, I had a really hard time growing up. I had a really hard time communicating with my mom. With my mom, it was like, you know, if we did communicate, it would be just like snot and tears and, you know, I mean, just ugly stuff. Ugly cry. You know what I'm saying? And I, I found out later that what I had to do with my mom is I had to write her a letter. I just would write her notes, right? And so when I got married, I thought, well, that'll work for my wife, Robbie, too. I'll just write her a letter and that'll be good. I didn't work very well because she's m- much more of a communicator than I was. You know, I, I, I would, you know, I, I, it still happens today. You know, I'll be on the phone with somebody who was that? Uh, that was that was Johnny. Uh, what did he say? Oh, it was all good. No, no, what did he say? What did you think he meant by, you know, I mean, was it good? I, she wants all the details. She wants to communicate. And I'm like, fist bump, it's good. Hey, let's move on. And so there's, there's something that we have. There's this resistance to communication. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody and you don't have their attention? You know, they're, they're sitting there talking to you and, you know, they're, they're looking around and you're like, hey, 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 eyes here, you know, right, right here. How do you think God feels? Because we get our attention basically diverted all the time. And he's saying, hey, listen, I want to capture, I want to capture your heart. I want to capture, I have some things that I want to speak into your life. God should never be hard to talk to. And it's a strategy to keep you from a relationship with him. Sometimes, I mean, I've had people, you know, you, they, they come to the Lord and they're really not sure about this prayer thing. And, and, and maybe they've heard it modeled in a kind of strange way. You know, I mean, they've heard somebody that is talking just like you and me, but then when they go to prayer, it's like, and God. I'm seriously, that freaks me out. It's like somebody just like picked up this Italian accent or something like that when they're praying, and God. It's like, I don't talk to God like that. I talk to God like I'm talking to you. It's conversation. It's like, Lord, I love you. You're my Father. Jesus, thank you so much for your grace. I don't just turn into this like, different person because the enemy would like to make you think it's different it's communication so the the disciples saw jesus do the most amazing things they saw him you know raise the raise people from the dead heal blind eyes heal the lame they saw him do amazing things and what's interesting is they ask him teach us to pray because they saw where it was coming from. It was coming from that place. So pray first is about having access. Expect resistance. It's about relationship, but it's also about having access. Let me, let me, let me just unpack this. In Matthew 7, 7, Jesus said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. He's saying, I want you to have access and when you have a relationship with God, you have access to bring heaven to earth. That's the part that we, we don't 
really understand as well as we should. Look at Luke 5.15. It says, But now even more the report about Him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear Him and be healed of their infirmities. But He would withdraw to desolate places and pray. But He would withdraw. He understood where all of this was coming from was this relationship, the core part of what He was doing on earth was He had this dialogue. He had this prayer. He had this relationship with God. And it says on one of those days as He was teaching, the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from uh, every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was with Him to heal. The disciples were going, man, every time Jesus shows up, amazing stuff happens. But then they would see Him go pray, and they put it together. They're like, ooh, prayer, prayer, prayer. This is super important. Prayer changes things because there's an exchange of things. See, you, you, things don't change unless there's an exchange. And what, you, what we're talking about is when Jesus modeled that, I'm not, I'm not going to go into it too far because Pastor Joel told me what he's up preaching about here in a couple weeks. So it's like, okay, I mean, you, you got really close, but no farther. But there's an exchange of heaven to earth when we pray. So yes, there's a relationship. There's, a, there's communication. But just like in the garden, God was speaking to Adam, bringing things to Adam and allowing Adam to speak some things in. The same thing happens today if we understand it. There's a bridge, heaven to earth. Moses had to cover his face after meeting with God. Jesus would spend prayer, time in prayer and communication with the Father, and then earthly things would begin to shift. Prayer changes things. People would be healed, they'd be delivered, they'd be raised from the dead. And after all this, once again, the disciples understood the power to bring heaven to earth was found in prayer. And they asked, teach us to pray. Pray first also speaks of authority. And see, it's really important that we've been given authority, but you don't get authority without relationship. It's really important we get this because there's a lot of people that would like to walk in authority, but there's a relational aspect of it that is so important. Let me, let me illustrate this. Prayer and authority are partnered together out of a relationship. In Luke 10, 19 through 20, Jesus said, behold, I give you authority. We like that word authority. We like, and I've, I've, heard, I've heard believers do, we give it authority to, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you, right? I mean, we love that part of it. That's really cool. But you got to keep reading. It says, nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, but that the spirits, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's the relational part. It's like, oh, it's both. It's and both. It's so important that we understand that. So verse 19 speaks of the authority given. Verse 20 speaks of relationship. The bride, I know y'all guys aren't comfortable being called the bride, but we're called the bride of Christ, so get over it. But the bride has authority. 
right? Just like my brother here in his covenant relationship with his wife, I guarantee that his wife has some authority because of that relationship. Can I, can I say that? Like, okay, in, in my relationship with my wife, because of the relationship and because of the covenant relationship that we have, there's actually an authority that is shared with her. She, she has the authority to do some things in the name of Eklund or whatever you want to call it. Sounds kind of weird. Sounds like a medieval movie. But think about this. Mrs. Jesus has authority. I mean, that's like, whoa. Mrs. Jesus Christ has authority. The bride of Christ has got authority. But it comes out of relationship. It comes out of covenant relationship that basically is here and is established in prayer. Binding, see, see Matthew 16, 19. Let me, let me just kind of continue to unpack this. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. How do you know that unless you have a relationship that understands, ooh, I don't see this in heaven. I'm going to call heaven into earth. I'm going to pray this, okay? Prayer includes declarations and decrees. We know out of a relationship with God what is legal or illegal depending on the status in heaven. So, so as I spend time in prayer in the Word, my relationship with God grows. Like, that's what Jesus did. He says, I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. I don't do anything unless I've been instructed by the Father to do it. I'm walking in this amazing unity and submission to the Father, right? Well, here's what happens. The more that I spend time in prayer, the Word, my relationship with God grows where I become more confident about the will of God. And I can pray and declare the will of God over my marriage over my my children over my grandchildren i can i can pray heaven down to earth i can proclaim i know the plans for you says your god you know there's a there's a plan to prosper there's a plan the, the steps of a righteous man are directed by the lord i i can pray and declare these things you know this is pretty awesome but the holy spirit is continually active and prayer is partnering with the activity of God just as Adam participated relationally in the garden. But you're not going to know unless, unless you have that place of pray first and, and pray in the middle and, and pray last and, and, and knowing the will of God, knowing the Word of God, then how are you going to know how to pray? But when you know how to pray, there's an exchange that happens. There's breakthrough that's possible. You might be going through, you know, an incredible challenge in your life. I, I went through an incredible health challenge for like five years. And you know what I kept doing? I kept praying Psalm 103. Bless the Lord and forget none of his benefits. Who forgives my transgressions and heals all my diseases. I prayed that thing probably for every day because I realized by his stripes I am healed. I realized okay, I'm seeing the word of God. I'm seeing what what's in heaven and I'm going to keep praying that thing and praying that thing and praying that thing until I have a breakthrough. 
There's something that we need to understand when you when you pray, you're participating in spiritual activity. You're moving in agreement with the Holy Spirit. Do you move in agreement with the Holy Spirit and stuff changes? Because God, oh my goodness, think about what the what the Lord wants to do on the earth. And finally, this morning, prayer requires a secret place. Matthew 6, 6 says this, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, we're not talking about not praying corporately. What this is really talking about is you have to find a divine appointment for your life. You've got to make a place where you say, this is my priority. Relationship means that you shift priorities. You know, whether it's on this level, if it's like, if, if, if I want a good relationship with my, with my sons or my grandchildren, I actually have to be strategic and make a place for that to happen because it's probably not just going to happen out of thin air. If I want a, a relationship that's, that's vibrant with my wife, I have to make a place that's consistent for her and consistent for me. That's just what this is talking about. It's not a special room per se, is that you are creating a divine appointment on a regular basis. You're saying, listen, I've been so clobbered and broken by earth, I need to get in touch with heaven so that I can have some heaven down to earth. I need some rebuilding. I need some restoring. I need some renewing. And I've got to make a place where that comes in a consistent manner. See, we know that God is everywhere. But yet, God doesn't openly show Himself everywhere. There's a manifestation. There's different. It's like, you know, I've said this so many times. I can text my wife on the phone. I'm aware of her presence. I can call her. It's a different level. But when it's face-to-face, there's something there that's not like texting her. There's something about getting in that secret place. See, a secret place is a commitment to relationship. A secret place is submission to God. A lot of us, we have a hard time. We don't really want to submit to God. Let's be honest. Got that old man just kind of creeps up, a little bit of rebellion. We know what we should do. But Jesus was in His secret place in the garden considering the cross before Him and He prayed this. Luke twenty-two forty-two, saying, Father, if You're willing, remove this cup from Me. Nevertheless, not My will, but Yours be done. Wow. God, thank You, Jesus, that You submitted to the Father on My behalf. The secret places where keys are activated. Secret places where there's a bridge or a ladder from heaven to earth is established. A secret place is where the confidence and authority to declare on earth as it is in heaven is developed. You know, there's some, like, I love reading about some of the giants. Giants in the faith. And some of these guys, when you read about them, they just like, oh man, I'm so convicted because I feel so unspiritual one giant in the faith, man. He, I mean, this guy saw miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. You know what, what he did? He would pray every 30 minutes. Every 30 minutes, he'd pull over and pray for a few minutes. Every 30 minutes, pray for a few minutes. Every 30 pray for a few minutes. Paul actually says for us to consistently pray always without ceasing. How do you do that? 
How do we do that? When, I, when, when I'm praying and, and I'm, getting, I'm getting better and better at it, I'll just be honest, nobody's arrived. There's nobody's pure as a driven snow. You know, there's times when I just don't want to pray. I want to pray. You know, I want to push sand on that text. I'll pray later. Right? But there's something that transpires and that secret place is where that transformation and healing can happen. A secret place is where God can move in you and then move in the world around you. A secret place is where intercession can happen. To where you're praying for people that aren't praying or they they just need help. They They need somebody to stand in the gap for them. It says this, in 1 Timothy 2.1, Paul writes, First of all, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. We should be praying a lot more than we're complaining. There's no, you know, criticism is not a gift of the Spirit. In Ezekiel, this one just touched me, Ezekiel 22.30. It says, and I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Wow. See, do you know that do you know that prayer can not only change you, can change people, but can actually actually move the heart of God? You know that? In 2 Chronicles 7 13 through 16, it says, When I shut up the heavens, so that there's no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Now listen, a lot of times we, that's very familiar. We stop there, but it says in verse 15, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. It's like God's listening. God's listening. Hey, is there anybody out there praying heaven to earth? Anybody out there in their secret place? Is there anybody out there that I can move through, that I can work through, that I can speak through? Is there anybody out there? Anybody out there? Oh, I see him. He's in his secret place. It moves my heart. Listen, this this is what's happening. Because it said in verse 16, For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there for all time. A secret place is a place of breakthrough. And there are people here today that need a breakthrough. I felt that in my spirit really, really strongly as I was praying over the message and the word. You know, woke up this morning, pray first, and I felt like breakthrough. Man, there's people, you need breakthrough. And breakthrough can come through prayer. Amen? If you're here this morning, and you're saying, Pastor, man, I could use some breakthrough in my life. I want you to just wave at me. Come on, I got some areas in my life, man. I want some breakthrough. I want some breakthrough. I want this year to be a year of breakthrough. I want this year to be a year of new beginnings, of fresh seasons, of rebuilding some things in my life. I I want breakthrough. I believe that God is saying, hey, listen, I'm a God of breakthrough. And as we pray, as we press into this, I believe you're going to see some breakthrough. There's breakthrough in your life coming. Listen, I just, I feel it over you, young lady. 
There's breakthrough coming. There's things that you have contended against. There's things that, that, have, that have actually kind of just like, the, I sense the resistance that's happening against your life. But I'm saying this year, there's a new and a fresh breakthrough in your life. And God's going to give you a new strategy. He's going to be like, man, I've, here's what's happening. He's, here's what I see. You're thinking about stuff. You're praying stuff. You're saying, okay, I'm not going to quit praying until I break through. And then God's going to bring a new strategy. And you're going to go, I never thought about doing it that way before. God's going to drop something new into your spirit. Man, I'm telling you what, we're created to walk in relationship and breakthrough. And I believe that God is on it. Amen. Let me pray with you this morning. I want to encourage you as we transition the service. There are going to be people up here. I'm going to to tell you right now, they, they say there's really two main elements of when you are preaching. You tell people what you want them to know and then you tell them what you want them to do. So what I want you to do is I want you to grasp a hold of this 21 days of prayer. I want you to change your life. I want you to change your community. I want you to change your region because we're going to engage in something that I believe has a capacity to do that. Secondly, this morning, I want you to stop being content with the same old, same old. There are people here, you need breakthrough. You need breakthrough with your health. There's some things that you haven't been able to do because you realize in your your heart and your mind, you're actually saying, man, I just don't have the discipline to do that. I'm telling you what, there's a breakthrough that's going to happen. There's addictions that you have maybe struggled against and, and, and I believe that God can just, like today's your day of breakthrough. There's health stuff. There's ways of thinking. There's just, you know, anxiety and depression. And, and they're familiar spirits. They're familiar patterns of your thought. I believe that God will break those today. Amen. But here's what I think I would like you to, to do. We're going to have people up here praying for you. And they've been in the secret place. They're ready to bring heaven to earth on your behalf. And I think it's important as we close the service this morning that you take the opportunity to say, I'm, today's my breakthrough. I'm going to break through. Whatever area it was, you, you fill in the line. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And I think we're going to see amazing testimonies of breakthrough. But I want to pray for you first before we move into that. So bow your heads with me. Jesus, I thank you so much. And God, I'm just asking right now for the most important breakthrough that I had. The most important breakthrough that anybody experiences. And that is that relationship with you. If there's somebody here this morning, we always give an opportunity. You've never given your heart to this Jesus. Maybe you came in today. Somebody invited you. Maybe you've been coming in for a while. You felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. You realize, man, something is different. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you. That's the invitation of Jesus to you. Come, all you heavy laden. Come, all you that are weary and heavy laden. If that's you today and you're saying, Pastor, listen, the gospel is so simple. Jesus did what we couldn't do for ourselves. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And 
if that's you today and you're saying, I need to respond to that invitation. I need to open the door of my heart. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man listens and opens, the only handle's on the inside. I can't open it for you. God won't open it for you. You have to open it. He will come in. And that's what we call that first step of faith. If you're here this morning and say, I want to take that first step of faith, believing that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died, was raised up on the third day. I'm confessing and professing Him as Lord and Savior. If that's you, I want you to just wave at me. I want you to just put your hand up and let me agree with you right where you sit. Say, Pastor, today, I want to give my life to the Savior. I want, to, I, I want, to, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. Anybody here this morning? If you're online, there's a link. You can, you can click on it and, and respond. We'd love to get you some, we'd love to get you just connected and get some materials to you just to help you in your journey. This is an amazing journey. I believe this is a breakthrough service.